0: lens. In these episodes, I'll share stories and strategies for my own life, work, and research, answer listener questions, and wrap it up with a try it at home tip. Decades worth of information in just minutes. You Ready? Today, we are talking about food and the brain and emotions and how food impacts the brain and emotions. If I could go back in time, and it's probably not too late, but I would be like an herbalist slash nutritionist mashup coach because the way that we can use herbs to heal and the way that food is medicine for our bodies. Uh, blows my mind. <laughs> Absolutely blows my mind. Like later in life, I learned that. So I, I developed an autoimmune disorder at 17, lots of inflammation, lots of swelling and caused my spine and my hips to swell. So when I would have a flare up, when I'd be overly stressed and my body would go into these reactions, I would get so inflamed that I couldn't hinge. It couldn't bend. I couldn't sit up. I couldn't move. I was, I was actually p- paralyzed. The good thing was I knew it wouldn't last forever, just a day or a couple of days. The longest was maybe close to a week, but uh, makes you grateful for the times that you can walk and the times that you feel real good. What no one ever told me is that the foods I eat can be inflammatory and that the foods that I was eating probably had some connection, correlation, relationship to the inflammation that was in my body. And if I had changed the foods I was eating to... Be ones that were more healing and that were better for my body and that would reduce inflammation. I would have done that, but no one told me. Same with kids in acne. Acne is often correlated with your gut health and your gut bacteria. And things like dairy and gluten are known to be highly inflammatory foods. And those things can cause more inflammation, and inflammation might look like acne. So again, I wish someone had shared this because when you're a teen and you're dealing with all of that, if you change your diet a little bit and eat more clean, real foods, a lot of those symptoms go away, but this goes beyond just inflammation, acne, um, chronic pain. It, it blends into how your brain functions and the way that we manage our emotions. Think about this. What if you could change the way the brain works just by changing the food you feed Yourself or your kiddos. It can happen because of the gut brain access, the gut brain connection. You've got these little things called gut bugs and gut bacteria in your belly. And if you've got not so great bacteria in there, it affects your mood, it affects your productivity, it affects your focus, it affects the way kids are staying stabilized or breaking down. So this is huge. This is so huge. Nutrition is a significant contributor to how our brains operate. I know this, I can vouch for this because when I changed my diet, probably three, four years ago, I cut out gluten first, worked on that for about a year or so. It was really hard to do for me (laughs) just because it wasn't like the, not eating the bread or not eating the pastas, not eating the carbs. So many of the carbs, uh, it was, there was gluten things I didn't know about. Like there was gluten in in dressings or, you know, I'm a sweets person, so I love like brownies and cookies and couldn't have those things. Um, It's not that you can have those things. It's just you're trying to eat less of those things. And now uh, there are alternatives that are made with other types of of flour and wheat so that they are gluten-free. But I cut out gluten, then I cut out dairy. I cut out as much sugar as I possibly could. And I started eating a lower acid diet. Um, So there are some restrictions there, of course. And it was a struggle (laughs) two to three years to like get it down. But I will honestly say now that I have cut a lot of those things out and I only eat them on rare occasions. One, I don't feel good when I have them Two, I feel really good. I have not had an autoimmune attack in almost three years. I every day feel like I have a decent amount of energy. And actually I think a lot of energy able to do lots of things for long hours and get exercise and, and feel rested and sleep well. And I think a lot of that is attributed to my, my nutrition, my diet. So yes, I have to sacrifice, but what I earn in in response to my sacrifices or the return on investment, not only do I feel better, but I'm improving my longevity of health, mood, life, all these things, or I can continue to eat things that harm my body and it deteriorates internal things and wears things down and I end up not being good health long-term. And that's why we're seeing so many people in the U S with stroke, heart disease, you know diabetes, all these different things. A, A lot of it can be contributed to our food and lack of movement. Poor nutrition is associated with anxiety, depression. And while some like wholesome diets show, um, there are some whole some whole food diets that actually have been researched to show a reduction in anxiety incidences. And that makes sense because when you eat foods that are high sugar, high artificial sugar processed, your blood sugar is going up then it's dropping really fast and your moods don't stay stabilized. That's why kids are so up and down, up and down, up and down because their blood sugar is spiking and dropping and you do that for a long enough time. And then you end up with diabetes. So the right food helps us to develop and release Neurotransmitters and hormones <laughs> the body requires for emotional health. So it helps us to coat ourselves, basically, as well as releasing all of these happy things, good things, so that they fire better and wire better together. Meaning we can think more clearly, we remember things better, we regulate our emotions better, our po- focus is improved, problem solving and our ability to learn and retain much, much stronger. So all these things super 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 important processed foods uh, high sodium all these things that we eat in the western world and the, in the united states is it's really harmful to our body so for kids and adults it's like well, we're not taking the jump i didn't go from gluten free dairy free sugar free from one week to the next it was years in the making so don't just think about cutting things out because that's not necessarily always sustainable but think about what micro practices can you take or micro steps can you take so maybe it's not cutting out all the sugar in your household, but maybe it's buying one less sugary item. And then once you go for a while without that, then buying one more less and then one less, and then looking for alternatives to replace some of the sugary items with more appropriate things as well. On this topic of sugar and bacteria and things, there is this gut bug idea where we can kind of break this down for kids. These bacteria in your belly, call them gut bugs. There's a book called Buddies in My Belly, and it is written by Sarah Morgan and Henry Bell. And I think it's a great way to explain this to kids because there aren't any good videos that I could find about this topic, but this really breaks it down for young kids and saying, understand why it's so important to eat good foods. So what what are the good foods to eat? We want those healthy fats. So whole pure coconut oil, olive oil, avocado, eggs. You want those healthy proteins and not the ones that have the artificial hormones and chemicals and pesticides. Um, So really trying to buy organic produce, buy meat direct from farmers that you know are reliable farmers that don't use all of those things as much as you possibly can. I know it's more expensive, but you're going to save money in uh, health and wellness visits and you're going to have longevity of life and you won't have to put stuff into medical bills later into life or even in in the near future. So it's worth this investment for your body and for your kids' body. My 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 recommendation though would be get your levels tested, get kids' levels tested, talk to a integrated Integrative, holistic nutritionist, see where levels are, see what you're missing, see what they're missing, see what you need, and then kind of work based on your genetics and your levels and your scoring to see what is the best diet for you, because there isn't one that works for all. Though I will say that eating more of those healthy fats, eating more of those high-quality proteins, eating more of those leafy greens or just vegetables in general, uh they're probably not gonna harm you. <laughs> so trying to eat more of those things for kids. If they don't want to eat some of those veggies, try to hide them. What are some ways that you can do that? Maybe, maybe smoothies is one way. Okay. So what are some other things that kids need for emotional regulation and brain health? Vitamin D. Yep. They need that. And a lot of us are deficient in it. So, um, Sunshine is something that boosts vitamin D, but if you don't live in an area, area that's highly sunny, um, then maybe some type of supplement or foods that have vitamin D in them, like eggs, mushrooms, dairy, fatty fish, like salmon, tuna, trout. I love salmon and tuna and trout. And I, I highly recommend eating them uh, wild caught, uh, if possible, but really healthy, really good for you. Helps everything function the way it's supposed to fiber. Yep. Need more of that. Have kids with upset stomachs, gassy, irritable, bloating, can't sleep, constipated, fatigued. That might be a sign of uh, fiber. They need more fiber. But uh, what, what would be some types of fiber for kids or for you? Well, those vegetables and fruits that are an excellent place to start. So you've got uh, like things like figs. And you've got um, like edamame and some rices, and there's the squash, avocado, blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, all those things. Broccoli, chia seeds, bananas. Um, Hide avocados if they don't like them. Find a way to mash them up with them on toast or something. But uh, this one can make a huge, huge impact with energy, with feelings, with digestion. So more fiber, calcium and iron. Lack of this causes muscle spasm, aches, pains, cramps. Um, and when we have those things, they are causing our brain mild stress and our brain has to put attention there and it can't put attention elsewhere, like focus and behavior and all those things. So um, it also, that, that the time your body takes to kind of deal with all of these things, the energy it takes to break these unhealthy, unnatural things down causes fatigue. You feel like you have no energy. So eating things that are easily broken down, that are healthy and good for our bodies, help us to have more energy and focus as well. You can get calcium from dairy or yogurt. If you're lactose intolerant, you might be able to get some from like broccoli or kale or sesame seeds, all great options. Iron, uh, low iron can cause kids to be short tempered or really tired, even really emotional and weepy. But um, we need to make sure that we are getting more iron. So vegetables are a good way to do that. Um, If you're eating less or no meat, trying to find other ways to get B12 and iron. Um, So supplements, natural, healthy supplements uh, from physicians or from nutritionists would be recommended, but you can also get iron from most meats, turkey, turkey red meat, you can get it from spinach, beans, pumpkin seeds, broccoli, almonds, dark chocolate also works. That's my go-to. And then we've got the omega-3 fatty acids. So this really affects your dopamine level and dopamine. Uh, we want that. We, we need some of that, probably need more of that <laughs> boost of happiness, fear, the feelings of uh, pleasure and uh, all those things. So that really impacts your your functions like mood, movement, attention, motivation comes and is connected to dopamine. So eat more salmon, nuts, walnuts, soybeans, flax seed, sardines, (laughs) it'd be hard to hide (laughs) and eggs, (laughs) lots of spinach, uh, oat milk too, blueberries. And we talked about proteins, making sure that they are the right types of proteins. It doesn't always need to be meat. You could do cheese, dairy, beans, fish, poultry, eggs, nuts. Those are all types of proteins. Trying to limit those sugars, um, cutting out those sporty drinks, candies, cookies, processed carbs, juices. If you are still using them, try and mix them, some of them with water, like sports drinks and the juices so that it's not so much sugar. And then we've got snacks because all kids like to snack and so do we. So, things like popcorn, carrots, raisins, rice, cakes, energy bars, yogurt, mixed nuts, fruits, fresh veggies, veggie sticks, fresh fruit, all these things are the best options for snacks. I know I went through those super, super fast, but you can always pause and rewind and re listen. These are not all encompassing lists. These are just things that we know are said to research to impact the brain, the body, the mood. So, again, my recommendation is not to just Adopt all of these things and cut out all the things that aren't going well. Little tiny micro steps. Cut out little things. Add in good things, um, and and do so slowly. It's going to be hard to wean ourselves away from the sugar that we are addicted to or those processed foods that we really love. And the best thing is to just not keep them in your house. I I will eat sugary things; they're in my house. I just don't put them in my house. That means when I go to other people's houses that have them, I often eat them, and that's okay because I'm a human and I make mistakes. I wouldn't even call it a mistake. I would just call it living life. But uh, try not to keep those things in your house. All right, that's enough about food, even though I can talk about food all freaking day. And I am so excited to have some people on here that I'm interviewing in the near future, talking about food and how it impacts our bodies and herbs, all these things. So let's go to today's listener question, which is how can teachers repair a damaged relationship with a student and rebuild trust? So I'm guessing this question came from a relationship that was already damaged. This happens so much. I see this in families and schools where we mess up something as adults, and we're 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 human. We we do that. It's okay. We just need to repair, and then we don't go back and repair because we go into the shame storm of feeling like, ah, why did I do that? And I can't believe I, you know, you're blaming yourself. So the first step in rebuilding trust is apologizing. And if you didn't do anything wrong, you don't need to apologize. But if you did do something wrong, apologize, own it. It is okay. You are not a weaker human being. If you are saying sorry for something you did wrong. Other things to do to rebuild the relationship, just talk openly to kids. We treat kids like they're aliens. Sometimes I think like, they they're humans talk to them like you would an adult even young kids they get it their receptive language is amazing so have those open conversations about how you felt how they felt what the problem is what the solution is what we need to do to rebuild trust what ideas they have for rebuilding trust and let them know that you you want to do that like just just be open honest and blunt i broke your trust and i want to rebuild that what what do you how do you think that we could do that if they're not you know old enough to figure that out think about what would be some ways that you might want someone to rebuild trust with you usually appropriate you know physical touch hugs um kind words positive praise um, verbal affirmations think of your love languages all of those things will help to rebuild trust we know that someone's safety within their most sec- like secure uh, the people that they around the most relationships that is a Really strong predictor of their future mental health. So they need these bonds. And when we mess them up, it's okay. We just need to apologize if it's again appropriate and do the little things uh, affection, attention, affirmations, time, uh, undivided time. And uh, that relationship will start to repair itself. But it's going to take some time. Trust is a lot easier to lose than it is to rebuild or just build in general. So grace for all and stick with it. All right. To wrap up the show today's try to home tip, play a game called ask how many ways. I love the game. Ask how many ways. So basically we gather different objects, maybe it's crayons or buttons. And then we ask how many ways can we make the number 10? And you can take turns picking objects and, making piles to combine to make a certain number or, um, how many ways can we do this exercise? How many ways can we, uh, eat this food? How many ways can we walk to the car and doing all the different ways that you can do the movements, do the things, create the numbers, create the piles, And it really works on executive functioning. For those of you that don't know what executive functioning is, it is your thinking brain. It is your wise owl. It is the front of your brain. We'll talk about the wise owl in an upcoming episode, but that executive functioning, those thinking skills, that wise owl is getting drained very quickly, both for both children and adults, because we are working too much. We are overstimulated. So working on things like this helps to grow and strengthen that part of the brain so that we can stay in that part longer. And we don't sink down into the emotional brain. That is it for today's episode of Returning to Us podcast. Remember our try it at home tip, which is ask how many ways. And if you would like me to answer one of your questions on a future episode, email me at podcast at thebehaviorhub.com or send me a text, 717 693 7744. And remember to lock in what you learned today by trying it right away. Easy way to do this go ahead and pop a comment or a review below. And let me know what your biggest takeaway was and then subscribe to future episodes so they can learn more about these brain hacks. But until next episode, I am Lauren Spiegelmaner and thank you for joining me.